All right, welcome back to another episode of Focus on EDU. I'm your host, Doug Conopelko from CDW Education. Today, I have got an incredible guest, Sean Wybrandt from Colorado. Uh, we are talking about, you know, technology just keeps chugging along, right? And sometimes in education, we're uh, adopting things long after it becomes relevant. So what I love about Sean and his work is that he is definitely pushing that envelope in his classroom. So we're going to talk about what it's like uh, on, the, on the bleeding edge of, of tech and what that looks like in the classroom. So Sean, do a quick favor here, you know, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do in your background in education. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for having me on. My name is Sean. I teach kids about computer science and video game design, and we've been steering more and more over the last handful of years into immersive technologies, things like AR and VR and mixed reality computing, holographic computing, and uh, trying to play in that space. But that's not where I started. I actually started as an English teacher, and I taught kids about literature for the first like seven years of my career before I got into what I'm doing now. So I love that. And that, that really feeds in well too, right? Because it's saying it really is important and we know it's important that we still address those things like reading, writing, and math. This just isn't the episode for those, right? So I'm sure someone's going to post that right. as a comment. We love those. They're important, but now we've gotten it out of the way. So let's lay some groundwork, cutting edge, bleeding edge skills. Uh, what do you feel like that looks like for our students today? What kind of skills and technologies are we talking about? Let's, let's go there. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the great things is that the future is an open book, and if we can empower our kids to be working with what's coming, not what's already been here, then they can actually build that future that they want to inherit. And so when I first got started in this particular space, we were doing some 2D design and development, and we were working with, uh, with basic drag-and-drop like video game programming. And... The more that we had access and opportunity to like micro grants, so we got $600 here. And I was like, hey, what do you all want to learn about? And they were like, let's learn about VR because that sounds really cool. And so we got into doing some stuff with VR. We got into doing some stuff with augmented reality, but not like the regular augmented reality on your phone, although we do that too, but like immersive headsets where we can overlay information on the world around us and reach out and touch light. And like, to be totally honest, I was like, man, I want to be in a world where I can be like Tony Stark and interact with, you know, stuff that's around me and have like cool AIs. And our kids are going to be the people who build that stuff. And I think that sometimes people think that that's really far off in the future. But we've been working with these technologies since like 2014. So, I mean, it's possible to do it with kids in a classroom right now. And we really need to be working with kids with those kinds of technologies now because if we want a diverse, inclusive metaverse, that's the new hip term for it, right? But if we want a, uh, an inclusive and diverse workforce that actually knows how to do this stuff, then we have to start doing this work much, much earlier. And we need the kids to be working with that set of technologies that's coming. And it's not just like headsets and stuff. Like we have 360 degree cameras in my classroom. We went out and we made some virtual tours of places uh, in our local community. And so you can start with things that feel a little bit more familiar before jumping into the deep end with some of the, the really bleeding edge kinds of things. All right. So what do some of those bleeding edge kind of things look like? Like, so in my mind, right, I feel like I am not a bleeding edge person um, in, in, in my daily life. So what does that look like? What kind of things are you bringing into the classroom that you feel like are, are next level? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the devices that we're working with right now is the Microsoft HoloLens 2, 
and it literally lets you overlay content on the world around you, but that content can be spatially aware, which means that you can put a virtual hologram on top of a table and it'll stay there. And if you knock it off the table, it'll knock off just like it would have if, if it was a real object. And when you think about that, right, like taking and putting a cube on top of a, on top of a desk, that isn't like groundbreaking right now. But when you think about a kid being able to imagine what that experience looks like, and then they can start to identify, well, where do we go from there? Pretty soon the kids are doing things like building immersive environments where you can walk around and you can interact with spacesuits at scale that we'll never have in our classrooms. And the students are the ones who are kind of thinking about how we actually do that. A project that we worked on a while back was, uh, was for the first version of this headset. And what we did was we put virtual laser emitters on top of the ceiling and they would automatically place and attach to the ceiling. And then they would shoot out virtual lasers. And then we could put virtual mirrors in space in order to bounce virtual light around real objects. And if the virtual light hit like a chair or a desk, it would turn off. But if we could get it to a virtual endpoint that had spawned on a wall somewhere in the room, then you know fireworks and celebrations. And it wasn't very long before kids were like, okay, so the laser isn't doing what I want when I take and I put this lens in the space. So pretty soon they're working with calculus and they're trying to figure out, well, what is the angle of refraction that would be appropriate for this particular type of lens and, and stuff. Not too long ago, my students, they were working on this uh, big space project where we made, uh, in partnership with a local uh, organization called the Space Foundation, we made a virtual well, augmented holographic experience where you could walk around and you could interact with space content. And it was really funny because at one point, one of the kids came in and he was like, you know what, it's taking entirely too long for us to take the experience, build it, put it onto the headset, and then try to test it out. We need to do something in real time. And so he did his own research, found out that there was a way to do remote access into the headset that we can stream from a computer. And, and pretty soon, we were trying to figure out, well, how do we get the right scale of a rover to fit in this like holographic garage that we're kind of building in this space? And they were like, well, I guess that we'll just have to measure it. And I was like, right. And so they went next door to the art room and they grabbed a yardstick and they came back in. And while they're wearing this headset that like they can see this holographic rover at scale in, the, in our space, but nobody else can see it, they're actually physically walking around in my room measuring stuff that isn't there to figure out whether or not their holograms are to scale for the experience that they're making. And that's just like, it's a different way of thinking about the world because it gets kids into thinking about user experience design. It gets them into thinking about spatial computing. And when we take information and learning off of a 2D screen, how does that change the way that you interact with that information? And there's just all these other skills that kind of go into this sort of development when you start getting into stuff that's that's pretty off the map. Okay, so English lit to calculus and virtual space. Um, I'm imagining there's yeah. some there was there was maybe steps in between. How did you how did yeah. you go from from one to the other, or maybe what was the spark that made you sort of flip the switch in your mind and say, "Oh wait, I've done this for seven years, but this is where I'm headed." So great question. So when I was in the, the English Lit classroom, I got into service learning as a part of my master's program. And so I started having students try to figure out how they wanted to make an impact on the world. I really believe that it's not our job to tell kids what to think, but it's our job to teach kids how to think. And so I had them identify different kinds of things that they thought were really important. And then as a way to work with persuasive 
writing and persuasive uh, techniques, I had them try to convince their peers to care enough about their project to have us actually as a class try to tackle it. And we did that a number of times. So we ran an anti-influence driving campaign for the school and we uh, we had some clothing hand delivered to a, an orphanage in Swaziland when it was still Swaziland. And, and we had a bunch of these kinds of things that we did. But one of the threads that tied it all together was that it was really important when we were doing that work to come up with an online presence, to come up with different digital tools that we could use in order to help people understand the message. And so I was pretty invested in this idea of using digital tools with kids, even to do the the English work, because really that's what we do today, right? Like we use lots of digital tools to communicate and try to convince people to do whatever it is that we're trying to, to have them do. And so when this job opened up to transfer from teaching kids about English lit to teaching kids about computer science and video game design, I was like, man, I'm never gonna have to grade an essay again. This is gonna be so great. And then what happened was that I got over and I was like, yeah, I mean, to be totally honest, I thought like, man, it's going to be so cool when my final exams for kids are video games and then I just have to play them. That'll be fantastic. And it wasn't until I actually got in and started working with this that I started realizing, man, this stuff is really hard. It's really hard to really do original thought. It's really hard to make something that doesn't already exist. And it's really hard to get in and to, to start working with all these different kinds of tech. And so I stopped believing that I had to be the person who knew everything. And instead, I tried to figure out how do I empower kids to, with the right skills, research skills, communication skills, planning skills, whatever the skills are that, that they would need in order to be able to really learn how to become learners so that they could go down the rabbit hole. Like, I still don't know calculus, but I don't need to because there's some kid in my class who knows calculus. And my job is to help him understand that the calculus that you're learning in your math class we can actually apply that in real ways on the inside of our experiences. You don't need me to teach you the calculus. Like, dude, that's somebody else's job. My job is to teach you how to pick a project that's worth doing and help you find the resources and the guidance that you need to start creating things. Now, after a number of years doing this, I, I have a bunch of skills now, but I never assume that I'm the one who has the most information in the room or that I'm the one who has to have the right answer. We try to play in spaces where we don't know what the answers are. And that's how you know that you're actually playing in an innovative space. So why, why is it important to kind of get one step ahead, right? So you're talking about using the Microsoft HoloLens 2. You've talked about just what this all looks like working in these virtual spaces. I think folks have probably seen it in a few commercials, right? Like showing off yeah. new tech but probably not right. like the, the actual implementation of a lot of these things. So why is it yeah. important that we're teaching those types of skills to our students in our schools? I think it's really important for us to teach those kinds of skills to our kids right now because they're the people that are going to be making these experiences in the not too distant future. And the longer we put off giving them access and opportunity to make those, those experiences and learn those skills, the longer it takes them to get into the field. And by the time they get into the field and realize this is what they want to do, some of the stuff will have already been done, but it may have been done by a minority of the people, right? It may have been done by the people who have always historically done things, but software only gets made by people who know how to make software. And so there are problems that those people may not experience. And so it's really important for us to get kids into the space of being able to interact in these ways with new technologies 
while they're still in school because it gives them opportunities to open up new ways of thinking and new ways of developing for the future. Now, this kind of technology is gonna have a dramatic impact on the way that education works. So for example, earlier this year, I was, I was presenting in New Jersey and I was on the stage in New Jersey and I had a guest that was on stage with me and we were presenting in real time. And I called one of the students in my classroom and I asked him if he could open up the experience. And he opened up the experience in my classroom in Colorado. And we, the three of us, put together a rover at the same time in the same game lobby. So, you know, location doesn't matter in some ways as much anymore. And now that we have the ability to like beam virtual avatars into these spaces and have those avatars not look like silly game avatars that you know that are really childish but actually look like real people you're starting to eliminate some of the barriers to being able to empower people across the world to be able to do work together in really meaningful ways and it's going to have a dramatic impact on our lives the earlier we get kids to understand what stuff like that looks like and how it works the more likely it is that they see themselves in those spaces in their future Sean, I know this is shocking. I could talk to you all day about this. I absolutely love it. But we are already close on time. So what are some resources for people who want to learn more, maybe not just about your work, but about this type of work in general? What are some resources, some people they should reach out to, you know, things like that? Yeah, so I'll go ahead and I'll put some links in the chat and stuff uh, or underneath where this is posted so that people can get access to it. Uh, some of the ones that I would encourage people to look at are things like Burning Glass. Burning Glass has reports that come out that explain what the future of work is going to look like. Always good to be up on the new thing that's going to be coming out. Unreal Engine and Unity. Uh, we use Unity in my classroom, but Unreal and Unity are both real-time development engines that you can use to, to give kids uh, an on-ramp into spaces like this. Um, I'm also going to put in some information about the Mixed Reality Toolkit, which if you decide to go for the HoloLens, is something that you can use to make it much, much easier for your students to get a, a head start. And then uh, there are a couple of grant opportunities that uh, will be timely when you post this. I don't know how timely they'll be in the long, in the long haul, but, um, but all of those will be available for people down underneath. Sean, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and sharing your stories. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe so that you can be notified whenever we post new content. Looking forward to seeing you next time.